While the media focuses on shootings that fit their narrative, white Republican shoots a bunch of Mexicans in El Paso. There are a number of stories involving shootings that they don't want to talk about. Like how about the shooting that didn't happen because of the Second Amendment? Or how about the mass shootings in Chicago that they don't cover? And why don't they cover it? They don't cover it because they do not fit a narrative. And that is exactly why you watch us here, because we give you the stories the mainstream media is too cowardly, too partisan, and too dishonest to cover. According to new numbers from Chicago police, there were 32 shootings across the city over the weekend. As you mentioned, 59 people shot among those seven dead. No, you don't hear about those unless you tune in to the local news and are a resident in Chicago because the media is too busy trying to say white people are a plague on this country. White people are the ones who are responsible for all the gun violence. Trump supporters are the ones who are responsible in going out shooting people. Of course, it's nonsense. But they say it and they say that's why we need to ban your guns. No, they don't like to talk about the man in Springfield, Missouri, who prevented a mass shooting by exercising his Second Amendment rights. A white man in his 20s pulled into this Walmart and put on tactical gear, including a bulletproof vest, and armed himself with multiple weapons, including an assault-style rifle. Police say he had around 100 rounds of ammo on him. He then walked into the store and started filming the chaos and panic on his phone. Walmart employees started evacuating the store when they saw him walk in. He walked through the entire store and eventually walked out of a fire escape. And when he did, there was an off-duty firefighter waiting for him with a gun of his own and held him at gunpoint. And in about that time, Springfield police showed up and arrested the man. Yes, of course, it's the local news that runs the packages on that. The cable news networks, they mention it. They mention it in passing a couple times, sprinkle it here, sprinkle it there. But they mostly just want to talk about the El Paso shooter. In fact, they don't even like talking about the Dayton shooter because the El Paso shooter was motivated. Remember, he was motivated by his hatred for Mexicans. And he was inspired, they say, by Donald Trump. And Donald Trump wants to secure the border, and therefore, somehow, in our wonky world, the two must be inextricably linked, right? They turn a blind eye to the fact that the other shooter, the shooter in Dayton, Ohio, had a history of supporting Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Antifa. No, that's not relevant. None of that helps us make our case. The only thing that's relevant is our narrative, and that's what we're going to shove down your throat. That's why you don't hear about any of the mass shootings that happened in Chicago over the weekend, and there were many. You don't hear him talk about the 59 people who were shot. You don't hear him talk about the seven people who were killed in Chicago. You had a guy driving around in Chicago, 10 p.m., a car pulled up and shot both him and his 20-year-old pregnant girlfriend. He was pronounced dead at the scene. That was just one of the multiple that took place in that city over the weekend, including two mass shootings that happened in one police district. And in another instance, there was a drive-by where seven people were wounded and another incident where eight people were injured and another person died. They're calling it Chicago's most violent weekend. And indeed, it was the most violent weekend of the year in Chicago. According to data from the Chicago Tribune reported on by The Federalist, more than 1,600 people have been shot this year in Chicago along with 300 homicides. But you don't know about this. You don't know about this unless you follow a niche group of conservatives, a niche group of outlets on Twitter, or you watch the local news in Chicago. You also probably didn't hear about the mass shooting in Detroit on Tuesday. The Metro Times has this story. In Detroit, four young men were shot at a beauty salon on Detroit's west side 
Tuesday evening. Where was the press conference? Where was CNN's coverage? Where was the national outrage on this? It doesn't exist. Baltimore, they can barely make it through a week without a shooting. In Baltimore, there are multiple shootings a day. In 2018, from February 12th to February 19th, there was no shooting. And you wanna know what? That was a miracle. The fact that there wasn't one was newsworthy because it was the longest span of time that there hadn't been a shooting in Baltimore since 2012. And now when there is one, when there is a shooting in Baltimore, it's barely news. And when liberals do talk about it, they only talk about it for political purposes. They only talk about it because they want to use it as an effort to grab your guns. And there's a big effort in America to do just that. And there's also a big effort to do so via these red flag laws, which in fact, the president himself has endorsed. So our guest today is the president of the Second Amendment Institute, and next he'll explain why even if that sounds good, even if that sounds like the solution that will keep the guns out of the hands of the sick and the mentally ill, it will not. It is a dangerous idea, and we've said before on this program that the solution to the gun epidemic ultimately will not come in the form of gun-grabbing legislation. In fact, it probably won't even come from Washington. Tyler Izagari is the president of the Second Amendment Institute. He's here with me now. Tyler, good to see you. Oh, thanks for having me on, John. So we're being told that the panacea for keeping guns out of the hands of the mentally ill are these miraculous red flag laws that Republicans are getting behind, President Trump is getting behind. What do they actually do? Red flag laws are, to this day, the most dangerous gun control proposal in American history. What it allows is for anybody, practically anybody off the street, to go to police, say this person is a threat to himself or society, he's got guns, police go to the court, court issues what's called an extreme risk protection order, uh, ERPO, red flag law, cops go to the house, knock on the door, we're here to take your guns. So if my neighbor, who might be a liberal, doesn't like the fact that, you know, I maybe have a, I maybe walk out of the house with a MAGA hat or maybe have a Trump sticker somewhere on my car, decides I'm a threat to society, they can go to the police? Absolutely. They can say, I feel threatened by, I feel threatened by John, my neighbor. Uh, he's got guns. I don't know what he's going to do. And if you're in a state like California, which I think deserves its own border wall around it, <laughs> uh, you're, you're done for because California is so far left with the red flag laws and so lax in regards to police power, y you don't stand a chance. So they come, they, they confiscate your guns, and then the onus is on you to go and prove why you are not a crazy person. Yeah, so now, right? we're, now our nation, which is built on you know innocent until proven guilty— well, now it's your guilty until proven innocent. So now your guns are confiscated two weeks later to maybe six months later, who knows when, I have to go to the court and prove beyond a reasonable doubt that I am not a threat to myself or society. So why are all these Republicans, including the president, Mitch McConnell just said they're going to talk about it on the floor in September. Why are all these Republicans getting behind what is clearly an anti-Second Amendment piece of legislation? You know, the red flag laws absolutely is the most anti-Second anti Amendment piece of legislation ever. I think why Republicans are getting behind it, like Mike Turner from Dayton, uh, is because he's feeling pressured by the voters. Um, and look at Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw came out and said, you know, we have to look at red flag laws, which broke my heart. Dan, I hope you fix that because that is wrong. But you look at this. Dan's been caving on a lot of stuff recently. He has. That's behind, the that's issue is, the though, point. is because we have this mass exodus of people leaving from California, New York, going to Texas, where it's a better state, it's better taxes, 
And now he's got all these, you know, Democrats in his district and he's, you know, worried about reelection. I'd say any of these Republicans are worried about reelection. Right. I'll tell you what it is. You've got all these people screaming, we have to do something. Something must be done about these mass shootings. And I think at a certain point, the pressure builds up and these politicians are caving and they're saying, OK, well, this is something. And on its face, it makes sense. Right. We want to keep hand. We want to keep guns out of the hands of mentally ill people. I think that's reasonable. But aren't there already pieces of legislation on the books that do that? Oh, absolutely. There's more reasons why you can't own a gun than why you can own a gun. I mean, and one of them is for being, you know, checked into a mental hospital, either willingly or unwillingly. And now doctors are starting to ask people too, if you own guns in your house. So uh, there's already, you know, safety nets there to keep the guns out of the hands of mentally ill. But they're not enforcing them. That's the issue. So a lot of the, quote, mass shootings uh, that happened in the past several years were because the laws were not followed. So, for example, when the Air Force failed to report to the FBI that the mass shooter was dishonorably discharged. If you're dishonorably discharged, you can't buy you own a, have gun. a gun. Right. Exactly. So, are, I mean, but are there any signs? Even I, It's a really slippery slope because there are no signs that these mass shooters were mentally ill. They weren't. And, and I don't even know if clinically they would be considered mentally ill. You had the mom of the El Paso shooter who called into the police, said, my son has an AR-15. Um, I don't think he's mature enough to have this gun. But she didn't say he's clinically ill. You know, she didn't say he's been checked into a mental hospital. So I don't know if there's any way that, uh, that under the red flag laws that they're trying to propose, they would have been able to go in and confiscate his guns for that. Now, obviously, in this instance, that guy should have had his guns taken away because then he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have committed the mass shooting. But it's a slippery slope because you just have people, you have mothers who say, I don't want my kid having a gun. They go to the police and they just say he's uh, immature. If immature is the standard, we're in, we're in a lot of trouble. Well, you know, you can't really set a one size fits all. It has to be a case by case scenario. And it starts with making sure schools are safe, you know, make sure that there's an armed security officer who's ex-police, ex-military, well-trained, whatever, armed, well-trained teachers. It comes down to safety precautions because you can't public, you can't punish an entire nation for the acts of a few. Right. I know you're not a, a psychologist, but I mean, the idea that we're going to fix this mass shooting epidemic with legislation and endless policy proposals from Washington is, I think, ridiculous. I mean, I think America has a much deeper problem that needs to be addressed. And this notion that nerds in Washington are going to be able to fix this, I think, is, is pretty asinine. Well, you get, you know, uh, nobody's elected into Congress now. I mean, look, you've got AOC, who was a bartender. What, right. what does she know? And she was a bartender after going to college, which is, I mean, I don't know anyone who attended a, a relatively reputable university and then became a bartender. I no. mean, she wasted some I, I, I hope she gets reelected because she is great for the Republican Party because she just keeps on saying stupid stuff like Joe Biden. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, Joe Biden's an idiot. Joe Biden, you know, I, I don't, I was talking about this on Twitter. I don't understand this notion that, you know, even Republicans are like, well, Joe Biden is the responsible, smart, he's a tactful politician, he's deft, he's really quite reasonable. I watch that guy and I'm just like, this guy's an idiot. Well, you know, he did say, you know, if there's uh, an intruder, Take a, dare, a double barrel shotgun and shoot it through your door. Right. Or go off well, the back. How long ago was it when he said that? Oh, gosh, that must have been 20, 20 2012, yeah, 2013. I don't know. But, you know, he's he's still uh, out there on a different planet. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. But I, I think at a certain point, we have to stop playing the games and we have to acknowledge that the Second Amendment, you read the Second Amendment. It says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be 
infringed. There is no the, vagary yeah. there. It's the only amendment in our constitution that says right. shall not be infringed. Right. And if the founding fathers knew what some of these officials, elected officials were doing today, they'd be turning in their graves. You read the founders, you read what they said about the Second Amendment, you read their rationale behind the Second Amendment, and they're saying that the right to keep and bear arms is one of the most important things that an individual can have. It is absolutely an individual right. So I, at a certain point, don't understand all of this legislation in Washington. You know, I can't carry in D.C. You have to go through this insane amount of... I can make that happen if you want to. (laughs) We'll have to talk about that after the show. But you have to go through an insane amount of loopholes to even exercise your rights. And I find that to be incredible. Oh, it's it's disgusting. It's appalling to our Constitution and to what our nation was founded on. Because we were founded on a, a free principle, but now in the heart of our country... You have all these ridiculous uh, rules and regulations restricting your right to the Second Amendment. Tyler, thanks for your analysis. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, John. Thanks for watching, guys. We will see you next time. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief Podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.